0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of What's Stopping You. Today, I am joined by a very special guest, so I'll go ahead and introduce my mom. Hi. So this is Kathy. Um, She's my mom. Pretty obvious. Um, So we have been quarantining together. I'm at my parents' house right now, not in my apartment, so we've been hanging out for the past, what, like five weeks?
1: yes it's been quite a while it's been a while yeah it's been i've lost track i don't even look at the calendar anymore. Yeah, i don't know yeah. what day it is
0: yeah it's it's monday april 20th we're recording this just a day before this goes up um but yeah why don't you talk about like what we've been up to
1: well we've been doing a lot of cooking namely baking <laughs> which has been very yummy um probably not great for our waistlines but we've been enjoying all kinds of Fun things like lemon bars and chocolate zucchini cake. I think I talked and... about that in the
0: last episode that you were making it while oh, I yeah? was recording it. Yeah, yeah. Well
1: now we're eating it. Yeah, we, really we are good. it's already gone. What we, else have we? We made cookies.
0: Yeah. We're gonna make oatmeal chocolate chip cookies mm-hmm. next once these lemon bars are gone yes. by like today. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's it's been fun doing lots of cooking. Um we've been what, making all kinds of different lattes? Yeah, at yeah. Lunchtime, lunchtime lattes. <laughs> we're, we're... Kelsey's a master barista, and she comes up with all kinds of unique concoctions.
0: Yeah, we're currently drinking a rose lavender honey latte. I kind of made something up. But um, yeah, if you hear any like banging on the desk, we're probably just setting our coffee cup down. So <laughs> sorry about that. Um, but yeah, we, we drink copious amounts of chai lattes. Coffee lattes, matcha lattes, all the lattes. That's right. That will be a common theme in this it's episode. been good,
1: yes. Lots of lattes. We've been taking walks with our dogs, which and has been a good way to get out of the house since yeah. we're feeling a little stir crazy. Yes. Um, I've been doing a lot of yard work because yeah. we have a very large backyard and it needs a lot of work. So raking leaves, laying mulch, all kinds of fun stuff. Um, I'm currently off of my regular job, um, so I'm finding things around the house that I either need to do or want to do to fill my time.
0: Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and first, as we do every episode before we get into the content, I like to talk about something that um, is stopping me right now, what obstacle you know I'm trying to overcome, so um, I'll go ahead and say that. Right now, I'm just really struggling with motivation for schoolwork. I feel like if you're in college, we all are. It's at that point of the semester where you just want it to be over. But I only have a couple weeks left, so thank goodness. But I, I just really love my job a lot and I would rather be working and making money than doing these projects and tests and assignments. So hopefully that will all pass soon after I get you know everything done in the next few weeks. Do you have anything? You want to add or
1: I think for me, just kind of the uncertainty of the whole quarantine situation and when it's going to end and when we're going to get back to life as we know it, I think is, is a struggle. Um, I have plenty of things outside of the house that I was doing before and now I'm not doing. So it's a bit of a challenge. I, I miss some of those things. Um, But uh, finding new things to fill our time and having, you know, enjoying having kelsey home <laughs> even though it's not under ideal circumstances it's still fun to get to spend time together have coffee in the morning mm-hmm. or lunchtime lattes or podcasting no? yeah yeah so. this is a, this
0: is her first podcast ever guys so i'm
1: a podcast rookie
0: yeah we're gonna make her famous <laughs> <laughs> So basically how this episode is going to work is first off, I'm going to ask her some questions and kind of interview her, talk about her life and basically everything outside of being my mom. And then we'll go ahead and answer y'all's questions that she asked on Instagram and Facebook all about parenting, what I was like growing up. There's some juicy questions. So (laughs) we'll see how this all goes down. But yeah, we'll go ahead and get into it. So, Mom, why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit about your childhood and growing up?
1: Okay, sure. Well, I grew up in an Air Force family. My dad was in the Air Force, and so we moved around a lot. Um, I have an older brother. He's a year older. And um, as a kid, I was kind of a tomboy. I liked to play sports and do the things my brother liked to do, partly because... You know, we moved around a lot, and so it was just me and my brother until we met other people and had, you know, made our own separate friends. So my brother and I would um, build model airplanes and, you know, do stereotypical boy stuff. I was never into playing with dolls, or (laughs) although I did have quite a vast collection of stuffed animals. (laughs) Um, uh, We moved to England for three years when I was in second third and fourth grade that was a fun time um like i said we moved around a lot i think i went to seven different schools before i graduated high school Uh, i was fortunate enough to spend four years all of high school in one place uh, that was in san antonio um i remember I liked to play football with the boys when I was younger. And I remember my mom sitting me down when I was about 12 and telling me that that was not appropriate anymore. And it's kind Uh, of ironic
0: because she was a PE teacher.
1: (laughs) Well, this was tackle football. (laughs) So the thought of me rolling around on the ground with guys that were older and bigger, just, you know, at some point was not appropriate. And I understand that. Um, Anyway, so that was a little bit about, you know, me growing up. We we're pretty close, I think, as a family because we moved around as a family unit and, you know, always had each other to rely on uh, and never stayed in one place for very long. So, yeah. So
0: why don't you go ahead and talk about your transition into college? Um, uh, just like your experience where you went to college, all that stuff. Okay,
1: sure. Uh, well, um, I went to college at UT, like Kelsey, Woohoo! University of Texas, Hook'Em Horns. Um, Following
0: the family legacy.
1: That's right. My dad actually right. went
0: there as well, too. I know.
1: All three of us in the house right now are Longhorns. Mm-hmm. Um, My
0: sister fell off the wagon a little bit, we but tried. we can forgive her.
1: We tried. She got accepted. She opted not to go. Uh, But that's okay. We don't hold it against her. Sometimes. (laughs) When it's football season. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And I will be honest, UT was not my first choice. Where did you want to go? I wanted to study biomedical engineering, and the only place that really offered it back in the day was Texas A&M, believe it or not. Oh, okay. I remember this story. Um, And so that's where I wanted to go because they had the major that I wanted. And when it uh, came down to it, I was accepted at UT and A&M and a few other schools. I don't remember. Um, But uh, I just decided that uh, financially, because of the scholarships I was offered, UT was the best move for me. And, uh, Did you get so, military
0: scholarships back then? No, Did they not do that not yet. Really, no. Okay.
1: Um, because y- they do
0: that now. Whereas, if like if you or dad were in the military, I would go to any state school for free.
1: Oh wow! So like yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was not free, and my family didn't have a lot of money, so financial constraints were definitely, you know, an issue. Um, and I knew I could get a great education at. Any of the universities I chose, um, but I opted for uh, University of Texas. Woo! Right choice. I had absolutely no (laughs) regrets. Um, I started out in the engineering school, and I was in mechanical engineering for a year, and then I decided I didn't really want to be an engineer. Originally, my plan going into college was that I thought maybe I would get an undergrad in engineering and then an MBA. Um, But once I got into school for a while, I felt like the engineering was going to be too technical and I didn't want to go to school forever to get my (laughs) MBA, nor did I know how I was going to pay for an MBA. So I ended up switching into the business school. Um, McCombs. Yeah. um,
0: it's like the best business school in the nation, I think. Or top it's, three. It's or up something. at the top, yeah. that's for
1: sure. Um, so I switched into the business school, and they had a program which is now known as Science and Technology Management, which was really a great program. And I really enjoyed it. Um, basically, you took all the engineering basics and all the business basics, and then you picked an upper division business uh, focus and upper division engineering focus. So I uh, chose manufacturing management in the business school and um, mechanical systems in the engineering school. So it was kind of like doing the undergrad for engineering plus the MBA, but at the undergraduate level. So it really worked out great for me because it gave me business skills, but also uh, I was able to, you know, understand a lot of the technology and whatnot that, uh, you know, the program was designed for people to go into management of a high-tech company and still be able to understand the high-tech part of it. If you strictly were a business major and didn't know anything about technology, it's really hard to run, you know, a technology business. And likewise, if you only know engineering, it's hard to Move into management and manage effectively if you don't have business skills. So it was the best of both worlds for me and it worked out great. Um,
0: so, why don't we go ahead and talk about kind of your career and what you did before we were born? But I also want to know what was your first dream job before <laughs> you, you know, did this whole business engineer situation?
1: Well, originally I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian. Um, I loved animals always. We still
0: love animals. We still love
1: animals. We got two I'll always have baby animals. Dogs. Um I'm, I'm a sucker for dogs. Um I've recently learned that I really like pigs too. But that's oh. another
0: story. <laughs> we need to get a teacup pig. <laughs>
1: um it's, it's so in I the wanted works. to be I wanted to be a veterinarian. Uh, I was kinda of focused on going to vet school and when you're what, in high school? When I was in high school, um When I was a freshman in high school, I decided I wanted to volunteer at a local vet clinic because I was too young to get hired. So I thought I could just volunteer and see what it's all about and start getting some experience. Well, I went to volunteer at this local clinic and I went one day and on the first day i had to stand in on a surgery to crop a doberman's ears and i left after that and i never went back because i just (laughs) the trauma it was just traumatic to me for you know something so unnecessary um i mean that's strictly done for cosmetic reasons and it just it just seemed awful and so i started thinking you know i'm gonna have to do things like you know these surgeries that I don't think are medically necessary. I'm going to have to euthanize pets when the time comes and things like that. And I just realized that maybe that wasn't going to work for me. It's like, I only wanted to do, you know, three quarters of the job, but the other quarter of the job I didn't want to do. And that's just not the way it works. So that was the end of my dream Mm -hmm. to become a veterinarian. Uh, And so let's talk about what you actually did after college. Well, and also back to the vet thing, you know, I don't know if it's still true but back then it was my understanding that you had to get a four-year degree and then you had to go to vet school so again you're you know in school for much longer you're taking on a lot of debt to go to grad school and that was something I didn't really want to do um, so what was your question what did you actually do yeah, what did I actually do so after I graduated from college I had Uh, three different job offers, one in the Houston area, one in the Dallas area, and one in Austin. Um, And they were all really interesting jobs that I had some, you know, things about them that I thought would be really um, interesting, I guess. Um, One was with Frito-Lay in the Rosenberg area, which is outside of Houston. Did
0: I tell you that My roommate, Nikki, if y'all, y'all probably know Nikki, um, she knows the, the CEO's daughter. She, she goes to UT.
1: Of Frito-Lay? Yeah. Oh, no. She's, Mm I don't know.
0: She's, Mm -mm. she lives or next to one of Nikki's friends, but interesting. Random fact. We're connected guys.
1: So anyway, that was, that was Frito-Lay. It was going to be in, in their manufacturing area, um, And it it seemed really interesting, but I did not want to live in Rosenberg. Um, So in Dallas, I had an offer with Anderson Consulting, which sounded uh, like a great opportunity. And the type of work that I would really like uh, is the type of job that you go to various companies and you might work for a month or six months, and then you move on to a different company doing consulting type work, um, which I thought was going to be you know would be really good for me because I get bored after you know a year in a job it's like okay I need something different so uh, and then uh, the the reason I didn't take that job is because basically you're gonna live out of a suitcase and you're gonna be traveling all the time and having been a military child I knew what that was like and I was kind of ready to put down some roots and just park somewhere for a while so I didn't take that job and my final offer was with Motorola in Austin,
0: which was a good company and like popping back then. Now yeah, you yeah. you don't think of Motorola as like a a good company, but that was like at the height of Motorola mm. making flip phones, right?
1: Right, right. Yeah, mm. it was it was you know one of the premier companies in in Austin at the time, and if you got a chance to work there, you were really lucky. Um, it was also the lowest paying opportunity that i was offered um mm-hmm. but as i said there were pros and cons to each uh job opportunity and i had to weigh them all and i ended up uh staying with the one in austin so i worked at motorola i worked there for about eight years i did a variety of things i started out in supervision manufacturing supervision which was kind of weird because i was 21 years old and i was supervising factory workers that were twice my age, um, hiring and firing and all that kind of stuff. So it was a very interesting experience. I learned a lot. One of the things that I learned, uh, which was interesting was that I was actually more interested in the engineering part of the job in the, in the manufacturing area. And so I switched from uh, production supervision into an engineering role, which I did for several years. Um, so I thought that was kind of ironic given that I had started out in engineering school and decided I didn't want to be an engineer. But once I got into the workforce, it's like, okay, you know, that's really actually where my interests are. So you just never know where, where things are going to lead. Um, so I met your dad Mm -hmm. at Motorola. Um, and how old were you? I was twenty seven.
0: So you had been there for what, six years?
1: I had been at Motorola for six years, yeah, something like that. Maybe I was twenty eight. I don't know. <laughs> 20. I was just You're about You're aging turn, yourself. I was Mom. just about to turn twenty eight when I met <laughs> when I met dad. So we met through a mutual friend at work and um So, yeah, I continued after we got married, I continued to work for up until I was pregnant with Katie. And I knew that after that, I was going to stay home. So I quit my job a little bit before she was born um, and stayed home.
0: Yeah. So Katie, as you all know, is my older sister. She's just a year older than me. So you really popped them out quick. (laughs)
1: Yeah, well, you know, it was
0: a one and done, two and done situation.
1: (laughs) That is true. That is true. Once you're approaching 30, you know, I mean, a lot of people have a lot of women have trouble getting pregnant in their 30s. And you don't know if that's going to be you or not. So we figured we might as well start trying in case it took us five years, you know, (laughs) so but it didn't. It was uh, pretty quick. And all of a sudden we had. We had Katie and you not long, long after that, so. Mm-hmm.
0: And then why don't you talk just briefly about starting a
1: business? Okay, sure. So I was at home with the kids for about three years, and it was by far the hardest job I have ever done. <laughs> um, not because they were bad kids, just because being a stay-at-home parent is very challenging. Um you know, with Motorola, I worked long hours. I traveled the world doing various things. Uh, it was a high stress, high pay- high paced, fast paced lifestyle, but it was nothing compared to being at home with two <clears throat> kids in diapers all day, day after day, day after day. Um, so in uh, 2002, I decided to start a business and I have a company uh, that is still in existence. It's called mama says wash and I manufacture bar soap. Uh, so all kinds of shaped and I call them kind of theme designer type soaps that, you know, not just a square block of soap, but something with a shape to it or design to it, uh, including licensed university of Texas longhorn Mm -hmm. soap. So that's, and then you briefly did soap for my sorority. I did, uh, 80, 80 pie, pie soap for a bit. Um, anyway, that was just something I I had to do to take a break from just being a mom. It was very hard to go from uh, career to stay at home. And so this was kind of my something on the side that I started in the kitchen when the kids were napping. Um, and eventually the business grew and 18 years later, I'm still in business. <laughs> so and
0: why don't you talk about kind of what you do now because you do still run your business but you do a lot of other
1: stuff too well i i did the business full time for you know probably the last 16 17 years um working around my family obligations i always tried to you know that's one of the reasons i started my own business was that i could do it when i wanted i could do how much i wanted I could ramp it up if I wanted. I could ramp it down if I wanted. And so, you know, there were times like when the kids were in high school that I was really busy with. Katie was in band. Kelsey was in gymnastics. Taking me to competitions. We would travel. You know, it was just and, and having my own business allowed me the luxury of being able to still be a mom first and do that part of my job the way I wanted to. Um, so kind of, what do you do now? So now, like I said, the, I still running the soap company, uh, I've throttled it back, um, for now I'm doing less than I've done in a long time. Um, which is fine because I'm kind of, uh, ready for something different, um, a couple of years ago, maybe almost three years now, I started working part time uh, as a bookkeeper, office person for a local custom home builder, and that's been really fun. I, you know, I started doing that because we had two kids in college, and we just, you know, wanted to have extra income to put away for college uh, and other expenses, and also because I was ready to do something a little different and new um i had done my own bookkeeping through Quick, quickbooks for 18 years but and so i knew something about it and but it was interesting going into a new industry home building which i knew nothing about um and learning different aspects of quickbooks and learning different stuff i like to learn new things so uh it's been good i only work 2 days a week there and they have a home based office so i work out of their home and my bosses are awesome they're a married couple in their seventies. Um, they've been doing this a long time and, uh, it's just, it's been a real nice, um, way to learn something new, meet new people. And I think of them, you know, much more as friends rather than just bosses. So that's what I do two days a week. And, um, I also have recently started volunteering at an animal shelter, which is like a rescue ranch. So it's livestock and dogs and cats. And that's where the pigs come in. And (laughs) I've learned that pigs are a lot like dogs. They're very social and they have personalities and they like to hang out with you. And they're a lot of fun and they're very cute. (laughs) And they're also very clean, contrary to what most people think. So, yeah, there could be a pig in my future. I don't know. (laughs)
0: All right. So that's all we have for the interview portion. So we'll go ahead and talk about some of y'all's questions. Y'all ask so many questions. So thank you very much. Um, If you want to ask questions in the future, go ahead and follow my Instagrams. They're always um, linked below in the description. I'll also have um, the Safe in Austin rescue place that my mom like volunteers with, linked to if you're interested in donating or just knowing what it's about. It's a really good cause. Um, So yeah, let's go ahead. Can I plug them real quick? Yeah, yeah. You If you ever want to say anything like that you want me to link in the description, just like let me know. So say
1: it'll be linked and it will be linked. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. So I've just gotten involved this year. Kind of one of my New Year's resolutions was to find something, you know, new and fun for me. Um, and so I got and I, th- I learned about this organization. I just saw an ad or something on Facebook and it's a group called Safe in Austin. And what's really cool about them, they have like a big ranch just outside of Austin. And so they, they take in special needs animals. So these are animals that may be disabled. They may have come from neglectful backgrounds or been abused. Or- the mess house parrot. Yes, we Or a have, parakeet? Uh, what is uh, he? He's
0: a parrot. He's a parrot? Okay. S- you
1: think? <laughs> he's definitely not a parakeet. Okay. I, I, I think he's some type of a parrot. Or isn't he a macaw? Or he could be a macaw. Isn't <laughs> that a parrot? I don't, I don't know. I'm not up on my birds. His name is Pebo, <laughs> and he's very loud. Uh, he came from a meth house, yes. <laughs> um, we have...
0: He's angry.
1: Pit He's bulls ag- that were, you know, used in dog fighting or that were breeder dogs. We have um,
0: pot belly pigs.
1: Pot belly pigs. We have full size pigs. Blind
0: turkeys. We have
1: blind animals. We have blind ponies. We have a diabetic horse. I mean, <laughs> so anyway, as you can see, uh, lots of differently abled you know, special needs types of animals. And they come here to the ranch and they live out their lives. We don't try to rehome them or anything like that. This is their forever home. And uh, so we take in special needs animals. But what's really cool and what really drew me to this organization is that the the, the special needs animals are kind of used to, uh, used isn't the right word, but we invite special needs children and families and, you know, even adults, um, kids with autism, kids with physical disabilities, kids that, you know, are diabetic or, you know, they're different in some way or they have challenges in some way. And we allow them to come into the ranch and interact with these animals and bond with them. And it's just so amazing to see, you know, a, a child, with cerebral palsy in a wheelchair show up and see one of our dogs in a wheelchair and our dogs are running around like nothing's wrong with them racing around the ranch in their wheelchair. And to see that kid's face light up and think, you know, Hey, they're living life. They're happy. You know, I can do this too. Um, So that's really the, the difference. It's not just rescuing animals. It's rescuing animals that rescue children. That's kind of the motto that they use. So I've really uh, been enjoying doing that. And now that I'm in quarantine, I haven't <laughs> been able to go out there over a month. And I'm really sad because I miss my animals.
0: Your Our baby pig that's out there, his name's Mikey. He's going to be a full-grown, hot belly pig by the time you see him again. And that's I really know. depressing. I know. He's so sweet. Well, we'll make sure to have all that information down below if you're interested in, you know, learning more. Um, But yeah, we'll go ahead and dive into the Q&A section. So our first question was, what was Kelsey like as a kid?
1: (laughs) Kelsey was a great kid. She was a lot of fun. Um, She was, I would say she was pretty shy as a kid. Um, Plot twist. (laughs) I know, I know, not... Not uh, shy anymore, um, which is great. She's kind of found her her voice and her self-confidence and all that. Um, Kelsey liked to sleep a lot as a kid. Oh, my and gosh. And our uh, family activities often re- revolved around, is Kelsey going to need a nap <laughs> or do we have a stroller? Um, even when she was in elementary school, she would walk in the front door and lay down in the hallway and take a nap so i'm not sure what all that was about but uh she outgrew it which was good
0: yeah um it was
1: really putting a damper in what we could do yeah it was it i was don't know what it was i don't know either
0: because like we, i had a sleep study done i remember i don't know how old i was how old do you think i was like eight yeah something like yeah that. and i had a sleep study done i remember i remember the room to this day um but yeah, they didn't find anything wrong with me, so I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of a lot of napping going on, um, but Kelsey liked to try new things, which was good. She played soccer for a little bit. She learned how to play the guitar. She was a swimmer for what 13 years how long did you swim summer league
0: five to 17 so what's that 12 years 12 years
1: on summer league swim team she was a really good swimmer too Mm -hmm. Um, breaststroke
0: was my favorite stroke if y'all are curious and my dad was actually a swimmer all growing up too so that's probably why I started yeah is that why we started well when we moved
1: into this neighborhood we were I was looking for things to do you know with y'all and uh, one of the neighbors told me about the the local swim team and she said it was really fun. And I said, you know, my kids don't know how to swim like that, you know, for, you know, do laps and know the strokes and whatnot. She said, oh, you know, don't worry about it. It'll be easy. And, you know, so we started and, you know, Kelsey did it for, like she said, 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was also a very hard worker, I think. She worked really hard in school and she liked school. I think she was often the teacher's pet um, (laughs) because she took her schoolwork very seriously and um, just, you know, she was always trying to be a leader in the classroom and of course teachers just eat that up. So, so, anyway, that's a little bit about Kelsey as a kid. So the next
0: question that we got was, what was the hardest part of parenting me?
1: (laughs) Oh, that might be a whole separate podcast. (laughs) So no, just kidding. Um, Well, I don't know that I have anything specific about parenting you, but just, you know, parenting in general. Um, I think one of the parts that I found difficult was trying to always remind myself that I need to be your parent and not your friend. And. You know, I need to do what I think is best for you. Maybe not necessarily what's easiest at the time. Um, Oftentimes, you know, being the parent means, especially as you get to be a teenager, that your kids don't like you very much. (laughs) But I think it's really important to always remember your role is to be their parent, to teach them things, to teach them to be independent and, you know, functioning on their own and not just, uh, you know, be their best friend. Um, another thing that's really hard, uh, is especially when they get older and even more so when they're not living with you anymore is just, you know, when something goes wrong and they're disappointed or they're hurt, you're not able to be there with them or you're not able to fix whatever it is, you know, that's broken whether it's you know, they didn't get the job they wanted or they didn't, you know, get the grade they wanted that they worked really hard for or that type of thing, you know, when there's disappointments, you just wish they were home with you and you could give them a hug, but um that's all just part of the growing up process. <laughs>
0: So someone asked, this is kind of more a question for me, but do I think that, oh, I guess you can answer this too, am I more of a structured and motivated and driven person because of like you parenting me, whether you were like hands-on or hands-off, or did gymnastics make me that way, or basically like why do I think that I'm the way that I am? Like was it nature versus nurture, all that kind of stuff? And so I guess I'll start and say that I'm not sure where exactly... Like, my personality came from, I think, it's just, like, me being me. Um, I think it it wasn't gymnastics that shaped me into the way that I am, but instead the way that I am shaped me as a gymnast because I I was a gymnast with plenty of other athletes who were not as motivated or driven or, like, didn't want to show up to practice and all that stuff. And it it really just showed, like, how, like, motivated I was to be the best. And I think – I wouldn't have been as successful as I was um, if I hadn't been this way. So I don't think it was gymnastics that made me that way, but it definitely made me excel as a gymnast. Uh, but again, back to the thing, like, if was it because of my mom or my parents? I don't know because my sister is very, very different. She's a little bit more type b and like relaxed and like not organized in the slightest we can we could have a whole podcast about her tornado room (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah um so i want to have her on the podcast sometime because y'all keep asking me to have her on the podcast but i want to have her on the podcast sometime because i really want to take a personality test and just show y'all how freaking different we are it's kind of insane but. Mom, why don't you go well, ahead and...
1: Yeah, it's interesting because you guys are very different and obviously you're raised in the same house by the same parents, you know, with the same kind of structure and whatnot. Um, and it's it's interesting because it's the same for my brother and I. We're like a year apart, just like y'all, 15 months actually, um, just like y'all. And um, we're very different. We've been very different for a long time in terms of um just everything (laughs) we're just very different (laughs) and uh so I always thought it was interesting and I've known other families who have you know kids in similar situations where they have you know usually it's two kids and they're just like night and day different so I I mean I think I think part of the way The reason you are the way you are is just that you were born that way Mm -hmm. and you were born to be organized and structured and motivated and you have goals and you want to work hard and that's just kind of who you are i i think um i'm similar in that respect and i think it's something you're just born that way either are you aren't um so just like everything else with people we're all different and we all have things we're good at and things we're not.
0: So that kind of goes into our next question is in what ways are we similar or different? So like she said, we're both pretty like organized. We like to plan things. Mm -hmm. There's never a family vacation that goes unplanned in this household. (laughs) All thanks to my mom. (laughs) Uh, What else? What do you think we're similar? What Uh, ways are we similar? Well,
1: I think we're just, I think we're both kind of driven individuals. We have goals, you know, I know, When I was in college, you know, my goal was to get a degree, but even more so, my goal was to get out of college, to graduate and get a career and be self sufficient, self supporting, buy a house, all those kinds of things. Um, and I just I think that you have some of that same drive and, and interest in being, you know, on your own. I think you know, we both share similar interests in fitness and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. We like to cook uh,
0: lattes. Again, the yes, lattes are popping up. Yes, us.
1: we like murder shows.
0: <laughs> yeah, we primarily <laughs> bond over lattes and murder. <laughs> That's so, right. welcome to our family.
1: <laughs> right now, we're watching the the disappearance of Madeline McCann. Um, on netflix and yeah. so yeah we good. like a good a good murder you know Mystery. true crime it's it's i like, like drama too yeah drama yeah. crime yeah like
0: criminal minds
1: that's a good one yeah. did you
0: ever watch criminal minds i've watched some, but not the whole lot. thing no oh, i think mm-hmm. i watched it all the way through twice or three times mm. so it's just like house yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, murder and so good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so let's see what's our next one the next one well you, we asked you oh we wanted to know how we're how different we're different and, okay
1: the only thing I could come up with really was oh, that yeah. Kelsey's very artistic and I am not. I, yeah. you know, I draw stick people. And I draw stick people so Anything too. related to art is very stressful for me. <laughs> I remember one time a ladies group was going to paint ceramics and I was just, you know, paralyzed <laughs> with what am I going to paint and how am I going to paint oh it God. and... I had to have a couple glasses of wine before I painted. Whenever
0: whenever we had mom's weekend for 80 pie (laughs) and we basically did the exact same thing where we painted ceramics and my mom was like freaking out over what (laughs) stencil to use or like what design she was going to do. And I was just like, go with the
1: flow, mom. And she's like, what
0: color am I going to (laughs) do?
1: I'm just not. I'm not artistic at all. She
0: plans so that she can ease her
1: anxiety about creating. That's right. That's right. Well, and you know, Kelsey's a great artist now, and um, it's kind of interesting because as a young kid, she did not seem to have the artistic gene. Which I don't know where the artistic genes come from because neither my husband nor I would I categorize as being artistic. Yeah, he's an engineer. And I have a background in engineering and business, and uh, so. And somehow,
0: uh, Katie and I are both artistic. Our she
1: kids are both artistic. She's a music major. Kelsey's a design major. And so. Katie's
0: good at like painting and stuff. Yes, too. she
1: she's definitely good at. She likes to do art. that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we don't know where it came from. So, yeah, we're we're obviously. The odd ones out, mm-hmm. yeah. so
1: different in that respect. But that was about all I came up yeah. with. Everything else, we kind of have a lot in common.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the next one is, what is our secret to a healthy mother-daughter relationship? to yeah. go ahead. Oh, uh, I
1: can go first if you sure. want. Yeah. Um, well, I think that the most important thing is to keep the lines of communication open. Um, talk to each other. And it's not always easy. Um, I think, you know, a lot of times, especially in the teenage years, your kids just want to shut you out. And they don't, you know, even though you might want <laughs> to try to... My mom was to...
0: scarred by me as a teenager.
1: <laughs> even though you might be trying to keep the communication open, they're just got their fingers in their ears going, la, 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 you know, and don't <laughs> want to talk to you. Um, so, but you just got to keep trying. Um And obviously just support them and, and love them no matter what, um, try to be supportive of the the positive things that they're doing and, you know, let them know that even when they make mistakes, that you're still going to be there and you're still going to love them. Uh, and I think you also need to find some things in common to bond over and things that, you know, might be your little inside thing that's you know like lattes and murder <laughs> <laughs> we love lattes um, and murder. you know just something that maybe you're having an argument or not getting along over some other aspect in your life but you can say hey you want to go to the coffee shop or hey you want to watch a, you want to watch a murder show you know and so some things that that you can always have you know to fall back on so
0: And that kind of segues into what lessons have we learned in maintaining our relationship through ups and downs. So my, what I was kind of thinking when I was thinking about all these questions yesterday is I actually kind of came up with another thing that I haven't told you about, but um, because we kind of talked through this episode beforehand (laughs) because my mom was a little nervous, Um, but so I think I said when we were talking about it how it's like inevitable that you're going to fight. But I think the other thing is to just.
1: Especially mothers and daughters.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but, well, I mean, Katie would fight with dad. Did she ever fight with you? No, I don't feel not, like as much. Not too I don't much. know. I feel like you pick one parent that you fight with. Yeah. Like, I never really fought with dad, but yeah. I would fight with you. Yeah. That's I don't true. know. Maybe. Um, but one lesson that I learned is that it's inevitable that you're going to fight, but you always have to remember that you're on the same team. I think that's, that's kind of what I have learned because like, your mom's not just going to disappear on you. I mean, hopefully, I mean, I guess she could, (laughs) but but, like, she's going to be there. So you might as well be playing for the same team instead of opposite teams.
1: Yeah. And I think that goes back to, you know, the, the, how to have a healthy relationship and it can be true of any relationship, whether it's mother and daughter or, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, or friend and friend or whatever is that um, you just have to remember that there's going to be conflict and you have to figure out how to work through it and talk about it. And sometimes you just got to know when to just drop it and move on. You know, there may be things that you're not going to resolve and you're not going to see eye to eye on and you have differences of opinion on and you can, you know, do you want to put a stake in the ground and die on that hill or do you want to just let it go and move on and Mm -hmm. accept that you have a difference and, you know, let it don't let it ruin your relationship so that gets back to you know from the mother-daughter daughter angle is why it's so important to just set a good foundation through growing up you know through the early years is to you know be present be there be involved and and um you know make sure that that relationship's strong in the early years when you have the chance to make it that way if you don't do that you know in the first 10 years it's really hard to start when they're a teenager
0: that is that what you got
1: that's what I got
0: awesome so the next question that we got is how has our relationship changed through college
1: well I think you know as as your kids grow older and become more independent you shift your focus more from a parenting where you're kind of telling them what to do and how to do it to more of what I'd call maybe a mentoring relationship and a friendship, um, where you can give advice and make suggestions like you would with a friend, but you know that they're an adult now and they're going to make their own choices and that's okay. Um, so that would be kind of the biggest thing that I think has changed. Um, I don't know you have anything yeah I was
0: just gonna say I think it is kind of it's different in that that way that like it's more friendship or just like um yeah I guess a friendship because like when I remember whenever I was a teenager like I was very independent from a young age and I know my parents wanted to be that parent you know that was like telling me what to do and (laughs) like I mean obviously I know they have my best interest in mind but like I I well, just feel you like I was that
1: now. You may not. have I, yeah. wanted to hear that then. <laughs>
0: yeah, but I just feel like maybe it's my personality that I was just fiercely independent from a young age, and so I. That's what we like would fight about a lot because I felt like I knew best, and then you felt like you knew best, and so I think at this point it's gotten to the point where like I can do what I want and you can do what you want, and where we're more understanding of each other because you know, I I live my own life now, you know, it's not always what my parents want me to do, but
1: well, and yeah. you're older and wiser and more mature and better able to make mature decisions than I think when, you know, when you're in middle school and high school, kids are just all over the map, you know, <laughs> and making bad decisions or rash decisions without thinking about consequences or that type of thing and that's the part that parents get scared about I mm-hmm. think um and as you grow older you grow out of that and so they're you know the parents don't feel the need to have as much control anymore because they feel like you have a good head on your shoulders and you're going to make good choices
0: mm-hmm. Cool, cool. So what activities do we bond over or like things that we enjoy doing together? That was another question. Um, And I feel like we kind of already talked about some stuff. Is this the
1: lattes and murder question? Yes, this is the
0: the lattes and murder question for the sixth time. So basically, we like to make lots of lattes. Um, We like to watch murder shows.
1: What Longhorn else do you football. Like?
0: football. Yes, we I I feel like I probably wanted to be a Longhorn so bad growing up because of football. Like I, it was just ingrained into my brain that one day I would be on the sidelines or whatever of a Longhorn football game cuz that's just what I had to do cuz yeah. that was just who I am. Um, football, what else?
1: Sometimes when we're watching the games, so Kelsey's usually at the football game and mm-hmm. um, dad and i are watching at home in our recliners and sometimes (laughs) like what's happening at the game will be a few seconds ahead of what's happening on the tv oh yeah and so kelsey will text me like touchdown and i'm like what
0: don't tell me i (laughs) want to yeah i'll send her the touchdown bitmoji
1: right (laughs) so that's kind of funny um what
0: else we, uh, we used we to like bond
1: to... over gymnastics. Yeah. I think, you know, we used to spend a lot of time traveling. You know, mm-hmm. none of her gymnastics meets were ever in Austin. So yeah. we'd travel all over the state. And, and the country. Yeah. We went to Rhode yeah. Island. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was fun. I highly recommend, as a parent, spending one-on-one time with your kid especially doing some type of traveling. Cause, Cause
0: you kind of did the same thing with Katie for music. Mm-hmm, so gymnastics mm-hmm. was my thing and music was her thing.
1: Yeah, Yep. So, yeah, I think it's important to have things, you know, activities or topics that you can do together or talk about. Um, again, it goes to keeping the communication lines open and flowing if you have things, you know, in common, that makes it a lot easier.
0: And also cooking.
1: Mm, yes. We, as a kid, we like, like. to eat.
0: Yes. We, we are <laughs> fans of eating in this household. We never go hungry. Um, but, yeah, I remember when I was a kid, before before I even thought about being a graphic designer, like, elementary school and, like, starting middle school, like, I thought I was going to be a chef. Mm -hmm. And we actually talked about this yesterday because we were talking about what our first dream job was. And you said you were a vet. Mm -hmm. And I I said an FBI agent. But now that I'm thinking about it, it was actually a chef. was the first thing that – which FBI agent was only because of criminal minds because I was just hooked on it in middle school. And, (laughs) yeah. But anyway – so i wanted to be a chef so i would cook literally everything i would help you make dinner i remember like the first time you let me use a real knife Mm -hmm. and i was just like so excited because (laughs) i had wanted to use a knife so that i could actually cook things because you can't cut stuff with a butter knife (laughs) Um, but i would bake stuff all the time and yeah that was kind of my my first thing that i did and my mom loves baking and comes from a family that likes to cook too so she taught me a lot about cooking and baking and all that stuff so we we bond over that as well yeah so mom i guess this kind of circles back to another question but what qualities in yourself do you see in me
1: uh yeah i think that kind of gets back to the similarities um the organization yeah the planning planning, being driven, having goals, and mm-hmm. figuring out what to do to reach those goals. Um,
0: Am I like how you were in college? Like, do you, do you see yourself in me as
1: a college student? I think so, except that you're a little more involved in various organizations than I was. Um, mm-hmm. I just kind of had my head down and was nose to the grindstone to get out. Yeah, because you um, did
0: graduate a semester year? A semester early.
1: Um, did you have a minor? No, they didn't really do minors back they, then. Do they do certificates? No. Oh. No. Okay. Um, my degree plan, I think, required more hours than mm. most because you were doing kind of engineering and business. and business core classes and then upper division in both. So um, I did two summers of school and then i did quite a few courses at like the local community college where i could take like Mm self-paced um so that i could just get them out of the way um so again part of my focus was just to get out of college and be self-sufficient and self-supporting um i feel
0: like i used to be like that too because um I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but I used to want to graduate in 3 years. So if that had all happened, I would be graduating right now, which I'm very <laughs> grateful for the fact that I did not choose that. Yeah. But I mainly didn't choose that because I liked college and I my degree plan kind of just doesn't let you graduate in 3 years because of like prerequisites unless I had like really planned out my degree like since I was a freshman and no one has it that figured out when you're there a freshman. So it's really not wasn't feasible. So I'm really glad that I'm staying for four years because it gives me the opportunity to be involved in a lot of stuff and I don't want to leave my sorority and my sorority sisters and all that fun stuff. So, wow, we really got off of the question. What qualities in yourself do you see in Kelsey? Okay, so, I mean, kind of the same thing. We're just kind of very type A in the same way. Yes. So the next question is for you. When did you realize that I'm not a kid anymore? Is there a moment or like a, was it when I went to college? Yeah, I
1: think so. I think when, you know, when we dropped you off at college and, you know, walked away, it was like, things are going to be forever different. You're Mm -hmm. probably never going to live at home again. And you're going to, you know, make your own path. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of bittersweet because as a parent, you're, you're, in one sense you're sad to see them go and in another another sense you're really excited and proud of this next step and especially because I went to UT that's right that's (laughs) right proud of the fact that you know you've prepared them and you know they're going to be successful and so yeah I think that's you know that's kind of the the point where you realize everything's going to be different going forward in a good way. That's what you raise them to do is to get out and be on their own. So now... Not living in your basement. <laughs> so
0: now, what's it like being an empty nester? Because both my sister and I go to school
1: currently. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's great. It's, it's great. Wow. <laughs> Throw me under the bus. <laughs> well, it's, you know, just like going to college for kids is a new chapter and... All that you know it's a new chapter for parents too because for the first time in 18 years they can think about you know kind of what they want to do and what they want to focus on um, and not have to factor you know the kids into the situation anymore because the kids are off doing their own thing which is is great um, you know the only my mom's loving me not living here anymore. <laughs> I'm liking you being here for quarantine. Because I cause bake you food. You bake me food and make me lattes. Yeah. watch my, Murder with me. Oh, my gosh. My, Dad gets tired of murder. My
0: mom literally will... I'll be, like, working and I'll come downstairs to, like, get water or whatever. And okay. she'll, like, shout from her office, Is the barista in? <laughs> and that's when I know it's time to make a latte. So, yeah. Um,
1: so, yeah, I empty nesting is is great um you know the the only hard part about it like i said earlier is when your kids are struggling and you're not there with them that's you know whether it's they're sick or they're disappointed about something like katie had mono last year and i couldn't be there Mm. and it was just hard you wonder are they Are they eating enough? Are they, you know, is somebody (laughs) buying them groceries? Is, you know, do they need to go to the doctor? You know, all that kind of stuff that it's hard when you can't see them and be with them to assess those kinds of things. Um, But, you know, it's different than when I was a kid away at college. When I was a kid away at college, there was no texting. There was no FaceTime. There was, you know, you could call long distance, but it was really expensive, and so we would, I would talk to my parents on Sunday nights at seven o'clock when the rates went down (laughs) because the rates were lower after 7 p.m. And so that was like the once a week that I would talk to my parents, you know, unless, of course, it was an emergency or something. But, you know, nowadays we can just text during the day or FaceTime. You know, I know when Katie went to school, when she she left home, it's like, you know, I decided that's when I was getting an iPhone so that I could (laughs) FaceTime with her. My mom was late to the game, and my dad has yet to convert. Yeah, well, dad wasn't letting me, and so (laughs) I had to... Finally, have a reason to justify but, that I was jumping ship on the androids.
0: Oh my gosh! Well, today we were talking about how she needs to get a new phone because she still has an iPhone six, guys. This is no, really no, it's not.
1: Oh, no, yeah, a six plus. It's, it's a six no. plus. That's what it is. Okay. You're right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Sorry. yeah. So she's very works.
0: she's very behind on the times. <laughs> I mean, I was pretty behind on the times till I got my eleven in November. So um, yeah, this well, gets back to being frugal. Oh my gosh. Okay, so it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, still but, works fine but but like i feel like she needs one pretty soon let let us know if you think she needs a new iphone
1: <laughs> Maybe within the next year, because the battery's not lasting as long as it used to. So mm-hmm. that might be what pushes me over the edge. But for now, it's... I mean, you
0: could just get like a 10 or yeah. an XR. You don't have to get the newest one and a new one's going to come out in September. So mm-hmm. you could get the 11 for cheaper. OK, we'll, we'll have to talk in. about it. That's right. That's <laughs> OK, right. so we're on to our last question, which is a great way to kind of end off this episode. So, mom, what is your advice on raising girls in today's world?
1: Oh, wow. That's a big one. That could be like a whole episode, uh, to itself. This is going to become a parenting
0: podcast. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, I mean, I think some things relate to just raising kids in general and some, you know, relate more specifically to girls. Um, but I think, you know, some of these things we've touched on already, um, the first thing being just to, to build a strong foundation, you know, to build a relationship with your kids from the beginning by being involved in their schools and their activities. And if they, you know, discover a passion at an early age, whether it's playing soccer or, you know, doing whatever, just to get involved in that and support them in that. Fun fact, guys. So
0: i Wanted to become a graphic designer because um, of yearbook class, which I started, I joined yearbook in middle school in like seventh grade because I wanted to do the cameras. Like I wanted to take pictures with the fancy cameras. And I realized I was good at the graphic design and I became the editor in chief and all that stuff, you know, long story. But now we're like, family friends with my yearbook teacher. So I'm just Hi, Nikki. Yeah. I don't, Different Nikki. Yeah. Not my roommate, Nikki, but my, my former teacher, Nikki. Um, I don't know that she's listening to this, but, um, she could be, yeah. Well, well we're going to send it out on Facebook. So now everyone you're friends with will know that's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, but yeah, so she got very involved by becoming her best friend. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, that kind of evolved afterwards, but, you know, that's where it started, obviously. Because we would spend Um, long
0: hours in the yearbook room till like 7 p.m. doing the yearbook.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's important to be involved in what your kids are doing um, from a support standpoint, but also and more especially as they get older to kind of know who their friends are, who they're hanging out with, who their friends' parents are, you know, that type of thing. Um, And making sure that, you know, the kids that they're involved with have similar values to you. Um, You know, know where your kids are and what they're doing. And, you know, if they're going over to somebody's house, do their parents have similar values to yours and, you know, if they're going to somebody's house when they're older, is ever going to be a parent at home and that type of thing. I think that that's important to, um, just be as aware as you can of what's going on in your kid's lives at, at all ages. Um, I think, you know, when they get to be in middle school and before they can drive in high school, you're spending a lot of time in the car driving them to their various activities. And I, Highly recommend using that time to just check in with them and see what's going on. And you know, sometimes if it's only a ten-minute drive where you're going, is a good opportunity to bring up a topic and just kind of hit it and quit it. You know, not get into a big hour-long lecture or discussion, but just plant a seed or ask a question or you know, show some interest. Um, ask lots of questions. I think that's really important because. A lot of times your kids don't really want to talk to you in middle school and high school. And so you have to ask a lot of questions to just learn what's going but on. But don't their ask
0: too many questions because then they'll hate you. Yes. <laughs> don't cry. Yes. Well,
1: and, you know, you got to read your kid. Some kids don't want to say a whole lot. And so you have to learn to take little bits here and there and be happy with that. And other kids will talk plenty. And, you know, every person is different. Every kid's different. Um, You know, I think regarding girls in particular, it's really important to teach them to be self-sufficient. Teach them how to cook and how to do
0: their laundry, do
1: their laundry. and I'm, I'm, how I'm speaking to... to some of
0: y'all who I know that did not know how to do laundry, <laughs> even after freshman year of college. I, you know who you are.
1: Yeah. Well, when I went away to college, I mean, there were plenty of kids that didn't know how to do laundry. They didn't know how to cook. Um, and I know, you know, my mom taught me all those things growing up. And there were times I didn't like her much for it you know, because she would make me participate in cooking dinner or whatever, and I just wasn't interested. But I'll tell you what, I went away to college, and I was prepared, and I was grateful at that point that I knew how to do all those things. And so not just things like cooking and cleaning, but things like understanding how a checkbook works, and what to do when your car breaks down, and... Um, still don't really know
0: how to do that one, but...
1: The car breakdown. <laughs> yeah. That's... What to do when you have a car accident, you know. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: some of those things. I think um, teaching girls to be able to manage their own stuff, I think that helps build their confidence and their self-esteem and not feeling like, you know, the helpless damsel in distress, not feeling like they have to rely on anybody to take care of them that they can figure it out themselves Um, and I think that's really important in today's day and age because um, you know a lot of women are out there in the workforce and managing households and oftentimes unfortunately divorce is in the picture and they end up you know, kind of being the head of the household and having to do everything themselves and, you know, being prepared and having confidence that you can manage your stuff, I think is is really important. Um, so, you know, one of the things I was going to say earlier was that it's, it's, I think when I talked about being their parent versus being their friend, uh, one of the things I was going to mention is that a lot of times it's easier just to do things for them rather than teach them how to do it themselves. We know a
0: lot of people Make them do it
1: themselves. And I think it's important that they learn how to, you know, do their taxes or...
0: I I still have dad do my taxes. Yeah, well... (laughs) Basically.
1: That's... Yeah, I'm not going there. I would have made Um, you do it yourself a long time ago.
0: (laughs) Well, but but dad wants to make sure that it's done right, because he's concerned I'm going to get arrested for tax fraud.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Because I don't know what I'm doing. He could still teach you and review it and, you know, as opposed to doing it for you. So, I anyway, mean, we do it together. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I think well, first when I was
0: 16, it's not like I know how to do my taxes. Oh, well, I
1: understand. I understand. Anyway, I'm a big proponent on teaching, you know, when my kids were two years old, they were matching the socks out of the laundry. And by the time they were eight years old, maybe they could you know, fold a shirt. And by the time they were 10 years old, they were doing their own laundry because it was just too much to keep up with for me. And also they had this great habit of trying something on and going, I don't want to wear that and throwing it in the dirty clothes. (laughs) Or sometimes it was still folded in the dirty clothes. And it's like, wait a minute. Did I do that? I think you both did that. I don't think I did that. So anyway, you know, teach them how to be self-sufficient. And I think that that's really important especially for girls because i think it builds their self-confidence their self-worth their self-esteem and that you know in today's day and age with all the pressure on girls to you know look a certain way and be a certain way i think you know if you have girls that are competent in themselves you know that that just is is really important and will help them to be successful in life
0: wow what a good way to end the episode mom's just preaching out here well
1: so i hope i prepared you well i hope uh you know i'm certainly not the perfect parent i'm sure i made plenty of mistakes but i feel like i i tried hard and i feel like i did what i thought was best at the time and i hope that you know it serves you well
0: well good job Alright. Well, um, thank you so much for being on the pod this week. Thanks I'm, for having me. I'm this glad. was fun. I've never been yeah. on a
1: podcast before. Yeah.
0: yeah, so if y'all want her again on the podcast, please let us know. Um, <laughs> and if you
1: don't, that's okay too.
0: <laughs> well, I'm gonna try to like get through everyone and my family and friends and stuff because I've been wanting to have more guests on because I do a lot of talking and some of y'all really like the episodes that I have with other people um, and just learning about other people's lives and Hopefully this gives you a little bit of insight into how I was raised and why I'm the way that I am. But um, if you have any specific guests you want me to have on in the future, let me know. You can always find me on my Instagrams. They're always linked. We'll have Safe in Austin linked. Is there anything else you want them to see? Um, I don't think so. All right. All right. So we'll have that stuff linked below. But again, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure if you did like it to give us a five star rating and maybe write a little review. We would love to, you know, hear your feedback. And I'd love to do whatever I can to make this the best listening experience possible. But yeah, do you have anything else you have to say?
1: I just want to say that I love you Kelsey Aww, and I'm super you, proud of oh you. Oh my gosh. And It's getting mushy. Yeah, just I just want to put that out there because Aww. I
0: am. Oh, that's cute. Love you too, mom. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Well, that's all we got. So, see y'all next week. Bye. Bye.